Praise God. Welcome, everyone, to our service of worship this morning at First Church in New Knoxville. We're so glad you decided to join us to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ together this morning. The welcome goes to those that are here in the sanctuary with us, as well as those who are listening on the radio and watching on Facebook Live. Thank you, Kay Nolte, for our beautiful intro or prelude this morning. Uh, thank you so much. It's good to hear that organ playing again today. We also want to extend a welcome and thank you to Katie and Lily Brodigam, who are here this morning to help lead us. Lily is a student at Ohio Northern University, the dual major in music education and math education. Thanks for both of you for being here today and sharing your gifts with us. Today is graduation Sunday. We're really excited to be able to uh, pray over and bless our graduates here later in our service. Um, we're going to be getting an opportunity to do that together. We are also excited for VBS coming up here. Um, one week from tomorrow, VBS will be starting, and we're so excited to uh, have that to be a part of our, our ministry again here. Um, not having it last year was, it was a very big disappointment for a lot of people, and so we're super excited to have it back again today or this year. Uh, you can still register your children if you'd like to. Uh, registration forms are available here at the church. You can also register online on our website, firstchurchnk.org. Um, and we're also looking for cookies, I believe, some more cookies to help for snack time. So if you're one of those people that enjoy making cookies and like to drop some off at the church uh, for VBS week, those donations would be much appreciated. Speaking of donations, we also have donations. Uh, we're looking to collect donations for Agape Ministries. Uh, they're looking for items for their food pantry and for their kids' power pack weekend bags. In your bulletin, there's a list of items that are needed. Um, they find it, they fall into three general categories, the general items, power pack items, um, and they're also in need of hygiene items. Um, and specifically, we want to highlight those hygiene items. Those are uh, uh, definitely a need right now. So if you're able to donate any of those items, but particularly the hygiene ones, we're going to be collecting those items here at the church and then dropping them off at Agape. Of course, if you'd like to donate directly, you can drop those donations off at Agape Ministries as well. On June 22nd, the Ohio, excuse me, Western Ohio Bicycle Adventure is coming to New Knoxville. Uh, on Tuesday, June 22nd, approximately 300 bicyclists will be traveling through New Knoxville as part of their journey that day. Uh, they'll be stopping here at First Church in the morning and afternoon as a snack stop where they're going to get a chance to, to rest, uh, use the facilities, as well as get a, a bit of refreshment while they're here. Uh, we're looking for volunteers to help uh, make that possible. Uh, we're going to be having snacks for the cyclists, and, and donations will be accepted. And any money that is collected that goes above and beyond the cost for, for purchasing those snacks will then be donated to Agape as well to help with their summer food program. So if you're available and interested in helping, we need about 10 volunteers, uh, 5 in the morning, 5 in the afternoon. If you're interested in helping set up and distribute the snacks, collect donations, please see Connie Schreer in the church office and uh, we'll get you connected with that. Uh, at this time, I want to invite you to stand with us as we recite our call to worship this morning. The call to worship is taken from several passages, Psalm 105, Romans 5, 5, as well as Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. The love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. We dwell in Him and He in us. Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, and speak of all his marvelous works. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I invite you to remain standing and open your blue hymnals to number 262, Holy, Holy, Holy. Oh. 
Amen. You may be seated. At this time, I would invite forward Pastor Tori and all the children who are here today for Children's Chat. All right. Where is everyone? I got a couple. Got a couple more up top. How are you guys? Good. Are you glad to be done with school? Yeah? You guys got fun summer plans? Yeah? Come on up. Come on up. I know we're waiting on a couple more. I see them coming down the stairs back there. Good morning. <laughs> so was the last day of school really fun? Yeah? What'd you do? Did you have a party? Not really. <laughs> All right. Come over here so I can see you guys a little bit better. All right. So... What do you normally have when you have a party? Balloons. Yes, I have a balloon right here. And I think it's a pretty nice balloon. But if I were to like throw it up in the air, does it float? No, it doesn't do anything. Why? It doesn't have air in it. Yes, absolutely. Someone has to breathe air into the balloon. So I think this balloon can also help us learn about the church and about the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? Do you guys know? God. Yeah, God in spirit form, right? And so last week, we talked about a special day in the church. It's called Pentecost, okay? And Pentecost is kind of like the birthday of the church. It was the day that God sent his spirit to breathe life into the church and to be all that God wanted it to be. So he sent his Holy Spirit down, and all of a sudden, life came into the church, right? And um, people began telling people about Jesus, and it didn't matter what language they spoke. They all understood what they were saying, and they all understood what God was doing at that time. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people became Christ followers on the birthday of the church at Pentecost, and that was all made possible by the Holy Spirit, right? So do you think the Holy Spirit still works today? Yeah? yeah? How? Does he still breathe life into us? Yeah. Absolutely. So when you invite Jesus into your heart, it's kind of like a balloon, right? Jesus comes in, the Holy Spirit breathes life into us, right? And just like I filled this balloon with a little bit of air, the Holy Spirit helps fill you with God's love. And he helps you to share God's love with other people. Um, he's always with us no matter what. He helps us to pray. And he helps guide us every single day. But most importantly, the Holy Spirit helps us to have a really strong relationship with God. Because he helps us to understand who God is when we read our Bibles, when we pray, when we sing, when we gather as a church. He helps us do all of those things. So just like my balloon needed to be filled with air, right, to be a nice big balloon. It's not very big, is it? Um, we need the Holy Spirit to fill us so we can live for God every single day. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for sending your spirit. We thank you for breathing life into the church way back at Pentecost, Lord, but we thank you for giving us all life right here, right now, Lord. Uh, we thank you for your Holy Spirit and ask that you would guide us and that your spirit would guide us today and every single day this week, Lord. We love you and we thank you for this time together. Amen. You guys can go back to your parents. As the kids head back to their families in the pews, uh, this time we are going to transition into our graduation uh, recognition. So uh, we have four graduates from our church family that we're going to be recognizing this morning. I see three of you are here with us today. So as I call your names and, and read, uh, read what you're going to be uh, doing here after graduation, I invite you to come up and join Pastor Tori and I on the stage. First graduate we want to recognize is Sam Onspa. He'll be attending Bowling Green University where he'll be majoring in biology. Uh, Patrick Covert is not here with us today, but he'll be attending Bluffton University where he'll be studying crimin criminology. Morgan Leffel, she plans to attend the Ohio State University Lima where she'll be majoring in agriculture business. And Nick Tinnerman Top will be entering the U.S. Army Reserves where he'll be a human resources specialist. He also plans to attend Bowling Green State University where he'll be studying social work. Uh, congratulations to all three of you. I'm so excited to uh, be able to recognize you and, and honor you and, and certainly pray for you today. But before I pray for you, Pastor Tori's got a little bit she wants to share with you. Yeah, one more thing for you guys before you leave and go on a new adventure. 
I'm going to try to make it through this without tearing up, but no promises. Um, So today is bittersweet for me, at least. I know you guys are excited to be done with high school, but it is hard to say see you later to you guys as you go off to college, workforce, military, whatever it is. Um, And I know I say this every year, but it really does get harder to say goodbye to you guys. Um, You guys are really special to me. We've been doing life together for six years now. I've seen you through the awkward stages of middle school, and now you guys are standing here, and you guys are graduating, and it is so crazy because it seems like yesterday you guys were in similar robes standing up here giving your faith statements at eighth grade confirmation graduation, and a lot has happened in those six years, right? We've served together. We've spent a lot of time together. Um, We've grown in our faith and in maturity together. But it's all been really good, and I wish I had all the time in the world this morning to share all the memories I have of you guys. Um, But it would take a while if I did that, so I'm not going to. But I do want to leave you guys with one little piece of advice and a little bit of encouragement. So I've watched a lot of you grow in your faith since confirmation. And I can confidently say that you have a deep and growing relationship with the Lord. And for that, I am so thankful for. But it doesn't stop when you get out of high school. Uh, Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says, Therefore, just as you have received Christ as Lord, continue to walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. So my biggest prayer for you guys is that you stay rooted in your relationship with him. You're not going to have youth group. You're not going to have Bible study on every week anymore. But that doesn't mean that you can you stop growing in your faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You all have the tools that you need to grow in your faith, to keep your relationship with him strong. And I pray that you do, because you guys have everything you need to make that happen. Um, But I also want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be your youth pastor for the last six years. And thank you for giving me the honor and privilege to walk alongside of you guys. You guys are so special, and I am so proud of you. And I know that God has amazing things planned for you, and I cannot wait to see what he's going to do with you, and how he's going to use you. You'll be missed next year. We will miss you guys like crazy. Um, But know as a church that we're always here for you. You always have a home here at First Church, and we are so proud of you. So congratulations, class of 2021. We're proud of you. We're praying for you, and we love you guys. So thank you. And I just... And I just want to build on what Pastor Tori just shared. Uh, this is a very, you guys are a very special class for a lot of reasons, but as Tori mentioned, you know, you're the first class that I've gotten to see all the way through. You were the first class that I got to pray over on your confirmation Sunday, uh, my first year here, and now get to pray over you again as we send you off into the world as young adults in whatever path that may be um, and whatever God has in store for you. Um, I, I want to encourage you right now that you think you have an idea of what's ahead of you, but God has different plans. And, and, but, but know that whatever path you take and whatever direction God leads you in, he's always there with you each step of the way. And as Pastor Tori mentioned, we as a church family are here with you as well. And as a way to, to recognize that, we want to pray over you now. Um, and I don't want this to be just me praying for them. I want to encourage you all to be joining me in prayer as we lift up these three uh, to the Lord and, and bless, ask for the Lord's blessing on their lives and their future plans. Um, if you'd like to, if you're comfortable with doing this as a way to just recognize that you are, you know, praying with them and praying over them, if you're comfortable uh, extending a hand towards them just as a, as a physical sign to, to just show that you are praying with them and for them, uh, I invite you to do that now as I, as I pray for them. Father God, I thank you so much for these three individuals as pa- and Patrick as well who couldn't be here today. I pray, Lord, for, uh, for their lives. I thank you for their lives. And I thank you, first and foremost, for your love for them. Uh, Lord, we are gathered here today because we are here to worship you, and we are here to, to praise you, and we're here because of you, Lord. And we know that you are with them today and will continue to be with them into the future. I thank you, Lord, for the, the blessings that you have poured out on their lives, first and foremost, for the the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, who paid for their sins. And it is your Holy Spirit that dwells in them, Lord, and will will continue to dwell in them in whatever the future holds. I thank you for all that they have been to this church family in the past, 
all that they are now and all that they will continue to be wherever you lead them, Lord. We, uh, we know that, that you love them, and Lord, we as a church family love them as well. And so we pray for your blessing upon them. We pray for your guidance in their lives. We pray that whatever the next steps may be, whether it's college or the military, the workforce, or other paths, Lord, that we don't know now, we know that you will guide them and direct their steps. We pray that you would build them up, Lord, that, you would, that, that this would not be the end of a journey, but would be part one step along the way, that they continue to grow in their faith, that you would continue to draw them to yourself, and that you would pour out your blessings on them in their lives. And Lord, we pray uh, that you would surround them with people, brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, that would encourage them and strengthen them as well. As Pastor Tori said, Lord, we want, to, we want to see them grow. We want to see them continue to seek after you. And we know the best way for that to happen is to surround themselves with, with brothers and sisters in Christ who can encourage them and support them along the way. And so we pray, Lord, that, that you, they would find those places, find church families, find Bible studies and small groups where they can connect and they can continue to grow. And Lord, may we as a church family continue to support them and bless them as well. Lord, we pray for each one of their families too. We pray for their parents, grandparents, siblings, all those, Lord, who, who have poured into their lives over the years. We pray that for your blessing on them as well, as they see their, their loved ones transition into a new stage of life, would you encourage and equip them, Lord, to continue to support them. And Lord, in all things, may you be glorified with their lives. May you fill them with your Holy Spirit so they may love you, love others, and make disciples in whatever setting they find themselves. And Lord, whatever they find themselves doing, may they do it to your glory and for the, their good and the good of those around them. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Congratulations again. I know we have a little parting gift for you down there in the pew. So as you guys head down, you feel free to grab that. Um, and I know we haven't been doing the passing of the peace and all of that stuff like we had been before the pandemic, but I do want to encourage you, if you have a moment after the service today, you know, come up and congratulate them, you know, tell them thank you for being here, you know, and congratulate them and all that they've done. Um, I'm sure they'd love to hear from you and the support of their church family. So once again, congratulations. Thank you guys for being here today. As they go ahead and find their seats, I want to encourage you to stand. We're going to continue in worship, and actually, this next song is their confirmation class song they chose. Um, so if you have your blue hymnals, I invite you to stand as we sing, uh, I believe it's number two, Come Thou Fount. Amen. You may be seated. As we go to the Lord in prayer today, I want to encourage you to uh, be in prayer for our church family, for the needs that you know and are aware of, um, as well as the needs that are represented in our bulletin and the prayers and concerns list. 
just want to take a moment and just re- encourage you to also be in prayer for our radio ministry, which is the focus of our offering here this morning. Um, what a blessing the radio ministry always has been, but also continues to be during a time like this. Um, I've heard more uh, stories of how the radio ministry, as well as Facebook Live, has impacted people during the pandemic uh, than I had in my previous few years here at the church. So again, what a, what a blessing it is uh, to be able to gather together and worship as, as a body of Christ. There's certainly no replacing the encouragement that comes from, from being gathered together and singing God's praises as one. Um, but what a blessing it is also to be able to take that and project it out in the world to hear. For those that can't be here, for whatever reason, uh, they can still join us and worship as a church family together. So our offering today will go to support the radio ministry. I want to encourage you, if you're able, to give towards that. It is certainly uh, a worthwhile and, uh, and beneficial, fruitful ministry. I also want to take a moment and encourage you to be in prayer uh, for the families of all those who have, have given their lives uh, serving our country. This is obviously Memorial Day weekend, a, a weekend where we remember and give thanks and for those who have put themselves in harm's way and have given the ultimate sacrifice. As God's word says, there is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. And so um, certainly want to be, be thankful for those that have, that have given their lives and in service of this country uh, throughout the years, and certainly be thankful for the freedoms that we have to gather together as God's people in worship and freedom like we can in this country. Uh, I invite you to, at this time to pray with me. Father God, uh, on this Memorial Day weekend, we do want to praise you and thank you for those that have sacrificed themselves, who have given their lives, Lord, uh, for the freedom that we have in this country. Uh, Lord, in, in so many cases, the, the ones that, that gave their lives, Lord, they, they've impacted us so much, and yet, yet we don't always know their names, and they don't, certainly don't know ours. But Lord, we are certainly grateful for the impact that they have made. Your word says, Lord, that there is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. And, and Lord, that their sacrifices, their, their giving of themselves in order to, to ensure and protect our freedom and to serve our country, Lord, are glimpses of the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus, that you made for us on the cross. Lord Jesus, you laid down your life for us so that we could be free not in, a, not in a worldly sense, but in a spiritual sense, Lord, that we have been set free from sin and death and that we are now yours because of, because of what you've done for us. Lord, may, may their sacrifices that they've made point us to the sacrifice ultimately that you've made for us. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that we do have in Christ to gather here and worship you this day. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to not only gather here in this place physically, but also to proclaim your word through the radio ministry and Facebook Live. I pray that all who hear your word today and your praises sung today, and even this prayer lifted up today, would be blessed as a result of that. And may you use those, those venues, those opportunities to draw people to yourself. May you bless the reading and the proclamation of your word, and may many people come to know you as a result of those ministries. Lord, we also pray for those who are in need in our community and our church family. Lord, we may, um, we may not know everything that's going on in the, in the life of the person in the pew next to us or, or across the sanctuary or our neighbors down the street, but you know. And so, Lord, when we pray, we don't pray in full knowledge of the situation, but we pray in full knowledge of the one who is in control of the situation. And so we, we lift up these prayers and concerns to you, knowing full well that you are good and you are faithful. And like a loving father, you want what's best for your children. And so we entrust ourselves and our, our families, our neighbors to your care and pray that your will would be done. And again, Lord, we pray for our graduates and all those, Lord, um, from, our, from our community and the surrounding communities who will be celebrating uh, graduation this weekend. We thank you for their hard work that they've put in uh, these, these last years, Lord, and look forward to what you have in store for them in the future. Lord, in their lives and all of our lives, may you be glorified, and may you use us to further the work of your kingdom in the setting you've, you've placed us in. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I want to invite those who are helping with the offering to come forward at this time. Once again, thank you, Katie and Lily, for being here today and offering up the special music during this time. The scripture reading this morning is from John 16, verses 12 through 15. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's once again go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his blessing upon this time. Father God, we thank you for the reading of your word. And I pray that as we open it together today, that you would open up our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide my words and my thoughts that I may speak clearly and uh, the message that you have for us today. Father, may you, uh, may you guide our hearts and minds. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So last week we started a new sermon series looking at the Holy Spirit and we uh, began that conversation looking at how the Holy Spirit works in in salvation, how the Holy the role that the Holy Spirit plays in bringing us to Christ, and we talked about how how the Holy Spirit convicts our hearts and and brings us to a point where we repent and 
and convert, right? And then the Holy Spirit works in our lives to make us new creations in Christ. Well, today we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit continues to work in the life of the believer, right? Salvation is not the end goal, right? The, bringing us to Christ into a saving faith and knowledge of our Savior is a step, but it is not the end of our life with Christ. The Holy Spirit continues to work in our lives in a process that we call sanctification. As we've been, as we've been preparing for VBS uh, these last couple months, I should say, as Tori's been preparing for VBS as she's been leading that and all the teachers and volunteers that, that she's coordinating. Um, I've been thinking about the main verse that is our theme for the VBS week beginning uh, next Monday. It's Philippians 1.6 where Paul says, He who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And that one verse really encapsulates what I'm talking about here today. That God has begun a good work in us. Right? That is salvation. That's what we talked about last week. That God, through the work of Christ on the cross and through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, brings us to the point where we trust in Christ and we are saved. But that's not the end of the story. Right? Paul says here, he begins a good work, but then he also carries it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so what we see here in this verse is we have a starting point and an ending point. The start, our, our relationship with Christ starts on the day that we're saved. When we give our lives to Christ, when we trust in him and we're born again, right, we are, we are in Christ and, he, and his Holy Spirit dwells within us. But yet there's a process that's still taking place to bring us to a point of completion. God's working in our lives to make us more and more like Christ so that when Christ Jesus returns, that work will be complete. So we have point A and point B, a starting point and an ending point. And what we're talking about here today is what happens in the middle, between those two points. And it's that process of God's Holy Spirit working in us to make us more and more like Him, so that when Christ does return, that process will be completed. As I was preparing this message this week, oftentimes when I'm doing sermon prep in my office, I'll have some praise and worship music playing in the background. And as I was Sitting there, kind of, kind of stuck for a moment in, in my study, the song by Less Like Me by Zach Williams came on. I want to read the chorus for you. It says, a little more like mercy, a little more like grace, a little more like kindness, goodness, love, and faith, a little more like patience, a little more like peace, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. And I think that chorus does a very good job of summing up what our topic for today is, and that's sanctification. A little more like Jesus, a little less like me. That's our goal, is to become more and more like him. John the Baptist summed it up well in John 3.30. Seeing Jesus' ministry start, his disciples asked him what this all meant. And John looked at them and said, he must increase, I must decrease. Right? And the same, we must learn to say the same thing in our own lives. Jesus must increase. We want to see more of Jesus in us and shining through us. And less of our old habits, less of our sinful ways, rooting, taking, continuing to take root in our lives. In other words, God's not done with us yet. Salvation is the starting point of a rela- lifelong journey, a lifelong relationship with God. And he continues to work in us through his Holy Spirit to make us more like him. And so, kind of want to look at our, our scripture today, or look at our topic today in kind of two categories. One is the stages of sanctification where God brings us from beginning to end, and then how God accomplishes that in our lives. So first, we want to talk about the three stages of sanctification. One is the beginning. As I've already talked about here today, sanctification begins the day that we are saved. The, the term to go along with sanctification that is often used is justification. Right? Those, are, those are terms you, you see sometimes, but we don't use them in everyday language. And so justification talks about the time, that moment when we give our lives to Christ. We are then justified. Sanctification then refers to that lifelong process. And and I think it's important to distinguish between those two. Justification is an instantaneous effect. It happens in the moment you choose to trust in Christ. And it's an either-or kind of status, right? You're either saved or you're not. You're born again or you're not. There's not really a gray area in between, it's, it's a black and white kind of issue. So you're either saved or you're not. And it's an objective status. We are declared righteous before God based on who, uh, 
Christ is and what he's done for us. So the day that you're saved, nothing may change about you, you know, from a, from a um, sanctification standpoint. We, are the, we may be the same person we were a few seconds ago, but something has changed, and that is our status, our standing before God. We are declared righteous. We are declared innocent because of Christ's work on the cross. That's justification. That is, that is salvation in a nutshell. But sanctification is the process that begins at that point and then continues throughout our lives. It's a lifelong process, and, and it may differ. we may differ in degrees of sanctification. Hopefully you can look back at your life and say you're a little bit more like Jesus today than you were five years ago, or ten years ago, or even yesterday. Right? We want to become more and more like Jesus. So it's a, it's a process that we go through, and it's transformative. It changes who we are at our very, the very core of our being. God is working in us to actually change our heart change our way of thinking, change our attitude over the course of time. So another way to put it is that sanctification is the process in which God applies the reality of our justification and salvation to our lives. In justification, we're declared righteous. In sanctification, he actually makes us righteous. You see the difference there? He's bringing us to the point where where we actually are who he says we are in Christ. So it begins the moment we trust Christ, but it's a sanctification also increases throughout our lives. Just as we grow, just as before we knew Christ, we had a tendency to grow in sin, we must now also grow in grace and in faith. In Romans chapter 6, verse 19, Paul says, I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity, and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness that leads to holiness. Right? That's what the process of sanctification is all about, right? Is, is in a moment, we're never going to arrive at a point where we are perfectly righteous and we're sin-free. But, but the goal is that just as we used to increase in sin before we knew Christ, we must now increase in righteousness that leads to holiness. So it increases over... Um, it's a process of becoming more like Christ, and it's one that should increase over time. The longer you walk with Jesus, the more you should look like him. You ever know a husband and wife that's been married for a long time, and they start to look like each other, they start to act like each other, and they even begin to think like each other, right? That happens over time. The more time a husband and wife are married and spend time together, the more they'll begin to pick up each other's mannerisms and ways of thinking, right? It just happens through that course of time and through that relationship. The same is true with our walk with Christ. The more time we spend with him, the longer we have spent following him, the more his way of thinking, his attitudes, his actions should then reflect in our lives. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So it's a process that takes place over time that should increase over time, but don't don't fall into the trap of thinking that that sanctification is a straightforward, linear process either. We all know that that our, our path to sanctification, our path to becoming more like Jesus, looks more like a stock you know, uh, graph over time than anything else. It's got ups and downs and zigs and zags, but generally speaking, it should be going in the right direction. Right? Our walk with Christ sometimes look like, looks like we take three steps forward and two steps back. Sometimes we're stagnant and the, and, the, and the graph is just a flat line. But over time, over the course of time, we should be coming more and more like him. Sanctification doesn't mean sinlessness. The Christian will never be perfect in this life. We are simultaneously both saint and sinner. But yet our, our trust in Christ and our, the Holy Spirit working in us should make us more and more like him as time goes on. We should strive to be as much like Christ as possible. And then we know also that sanctification will be complete only when Jesus returns. Right? It's a lifelong process, but it won't be completed in this life. Even though victory was won on the cross 
and the enemy was defeated, sin still affects every aspect of human lives in the world that we live in. And so when Christ returns and establishes his kingdom, sin and death will be no more. But until that day, we still struggle with the realities of sin, both externally in the world, but also internally in our own lives. And so, so the process of sanctification will continue throughout our lives, but when Christ returns, it will be made complete. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, For we now know, we now see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even, even as I'm fully known. So that's the, the, the stages of sanctification, the process that God brings us through. And that's the process that he brings all children of God through. All born-again believers go through that process. But how does he accomplish that? And that's what I want to focus the rest of our time on today. In John 16, Jesus continues to teach his disciples about the Holy Spirit. If you recall last week, we looked at the first part of John 16, where he tells us that he's, about, he's going to send his Holy Spirit, this advocate, the Spirit of truth, to be with them. And he's going to convict the world in terms of sin and righteousness and judgment. And then he goes on here in these verses to, to talk about the continuing work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. He even says, he starts off by saying that, that they won't understand everything Jesus did or said or taught until the Holy Spirit comes. He says he has much more to say, more than they can now bear. But when the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Right? We see actually two points earlier in Jesus' gospel where, where the, the narrator, John, pipes in and says, the disciples didn't quite get it then, but after the resurrection, after Jesus died and rose again, then they understood it. You see that in John 2 and John 12. They only understood the significance of what was happening after the resurrection, when the Holy Spirit came and helped them to understand. And again, remember, this is the spirit of truth. Jesus himself is the truth. In John 14, 6, Jesus says just as much, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the Holy Spirit's main goal in the life of the believer is to point people to the truth, to point people to Jesus. And he's going to guide and lead us in that direction. The word there is a very, very practical sense, as if one person is leading someone else into a, to another destination. While the Spirit isn't physically leading us anywhere, he is spiritually leading us to Christ. And he has a destination in mind. Right? Our sanctification is not aimless. It's not a meandering through the wilderness. Our sanctification is the Holy Spirit leading us to Jesus to make us more like him. We are going from lost to found, from, from dead to alive, from immature to mature. That's the goal the Holy Spirit is bringing us to, to make us more and more like Jesus. And notice here, Jesus also says that the Spirit does not speak on his own, he only proclaims or announces what he receives from the Father and from the Son. The Holy Spirit is always leading us and pointing us to Jesus. The Spirit's goal is to glorify the Son, and when the Son is glorified, so is the Father. In Philippians 2, this great hymn about Jesus, it says that, that every tongue in heaven and earth and under the earth will, will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When Jesus is glorified, so is the Father. When the Father is glorified, you know, so is the Spirit. The, the Trinity working together to, to draw us to himself. And in John 14, 26, earlier in this conversation, Jesus says that the role of the Holy Spirit is to help us remember the things that Jesus taught. In the few minutes we have left, I want to talk about how we, how God then uses the Holy Spirit as he draws us to Jesus, as he points us to Jesus, how that actually takes root and affects us in our lives. How we work, how God works sanctification in us. And first of all, it's important to note that we, that God and man work together. We cooperate in our sanctification. Now let me clarify what I mean by that. Certainly not in equal roles or in the same way. But God does invite us to, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. God's role is is the primary agent in our sanctification, right? God the Father, he disciplines his children like a loving parent. We see that in Hebrews 12, right? That God disciplines us. He allows us to experience difficulties and he walks with us through those things to make us mature and to help us to grow in our faith. 
God the Son is the one who earned our sanctification for us. On the cross, we are sanctified. We are made right and made holy because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And it's God the Holy Spirit that works within us to change us and sanctify us and give, bringing us to greater and greater holiness. So God's role is primary. And is if without him, it would not happen. But yet our role, we have a, we have a role to play as well. Last night, Allie and the kids and I were out kind of working in our, in our garden. And by garden, I meant weed patch until yesterday, right? We hadn't quite had a chance to, to plant our vegetables yet. We have them growing and, and starter plants inside, but we, we haven't transferred them yet to the garden. And so we had to get out there and, and weed some. And, and as I was out there working, it reminded me of this topic that we're talking about here today. God is the one who sanctifies us. He's the one that makes us grow. Just as when we plant these vegetables in the ground, they're going to grow, right? We will grow in and of themselves. But there's work that we need to do to make that happen as best as possible. Right? What would happen if I took those vegetable plants we have started in our house and then just put them in the ground as the garden was yesterday, full of weeds and unprepared? There might be some growth, but it certainly wouldn't be good, right? There was work that needed to be done to, that needed to be done to prepare the garden for the vegetables. Weeds needed to be pulled. The ground needs to be tilled, right? Everything needs to be prepared. It needs to be watered all so that it gives those vegetable plants the best possible uh, situation, the best possible um, circumstances to grow. That's like our role that we play in sanctification. It's both passive and active. God is the one who sanctifies us, but we have a part to play in that. It's passive in the sense that we're called to yield and submit to God, trust and pray that he would sanctify us. A big part of our sanctification is learning to trust him more and more and more. Yet there's certain things that God calls us to do that can help, that, that, that play a part in that process. God calls us to, the Holy Spirit works in us as we read scripture. God's word, Psalm 119, 105 describes God's word as a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Right? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And, and, and John 16 and John 14 rem- tells us that he's going to remind us of all the things that Jesus said and did and taught. But the only way we can truly remember is if we've read it in the first place. Right? The Holy Spirit works through God's holy word in order to, to teach us and to guide us. And so if we want to know, if we want to be guided by the Holy Spirit, if we want to know what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us in our lives, we need first and foremost to open his word and read it for ourselves. And when we do that, right, the Holy Spirit will guide us and help us to understand it better. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul writes that we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. It's the Holy Spirit who helps his word to sink into our hearts and take root. We can't remember what Jesus said or what he did if we don't hear it or read it to begin with. If you want the Holy Spirit to guide you, you need to read his word. If you want to know what God's will is for your life, read his word. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand scripture and to apply it. Another way that we can prepare our lives for God's work, for his sanctification, is through prayer. Right? The Holy Spirit is key to prayer. Scripture teaches us that Jesus is interceding for us at the right hand of God the Father, ever interceding for us. Scripture also teaches that the Holy Spirit is within us and also helps us to pray. Right? The key to understanding prayer is that we don't have to go anywhere to prayer. We don't have to be in a special place or pray at a special time because God's Spirit is within us. So we can pray wherever we are, whenever we are. And we, don't, we know our prayers don't have to go anywhere because God is right there in our midst. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to pray. Even when we don't know what to say, the Father already knows what's in our hearts. Because right? the Holy Spirit is, is dwelling within us. And even when we don't have the words, even when we don't, don't know the right words to say, even when we don't know how or what to pray, sometimes something is just so big and so overwhelming, we just don't know how to handle it. In those moments, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray as well. The Holy Spirit also guides us through the gentle nudging of a redeemed conscience. Now, now I have to clarify that not, all, not every thought that goes through your mind is from the Holy Spirit, right? 
Sometimes it's just our own thinking, our own logic. Sometimes it's a bad pizza we had the night before, right? Not every thought, not every dream, not every, not every you know, sentence that pops in your head is, is, means it's from the Holy Spirit. But God certainly does guide our thoughts and our minds. The more we pray, the more that we're in Scripture, the more the Holy Spirit will then bring those things to mind as we go about our day. And we need to learn to listen to the gentle nudging of the Holy Spirit. When Elijah was on the run for his life, God said to go up to a mountain into a cave and he would speak. And it wasn't in the fire, it wasn't in the earthquake, it wasn't in the wind. It was in the still, small voice that God spoke. And we need to be able to, to listen and hear that still, small voice. How do you discern if it is the Spirit leading you or it's just your own mind or will or desire? We need to test it against the truth of Scripture. Right? If you feel like the Holy Spirit is guiding you or leading you in a certain way, we need to always ask, does it line up with His Word? Does it glorify God? And does it make me more like Christ? Right? If those things, if, if, there's, if there's red flags in there, if it's not something that God teaches in His Word, if, if doing something doesn't glorify Christ or make us more like Him, that's not the Holy Spirit leading you. That's your own, own mind, own thoughts. The Holy Spirit also sanctifies us through the example of faithful brothers and sisters. Sanctification happens in community, in a church family. The Spirit can speak to you through the words, the examples, and the lives of other faithful believers. In Hebrews 10, it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Right? There's something significant about being in, re- in community and, and having relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ because they can encourage you and support you along the way. There's not... We're not supposed to be Lone Ranger Christians, right? We're called to be in community and fellowship with each other. So that's that's the active part of sanctification, being in his word, being in prayer, being in tune with the the gentle nudging of the spirit and being in community with other brothers and sisters in Christ. That's how God's spirit sanctifies us. That's how the spirit of truth works in our lives. And he always works with a goal in mind. The end goal of sanctification, of, of, of following Christ, is to be more and more like him. In Galatians 5, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As you are being sanctified, as you are following Christ, as you are reading his word and praying and, and being in tune with the Spirit, you should see more and more of that fruit showing up in your lives. You're not always going to be perfectly patient. You're not always going to be perfectly kind. You're not always going to have perfect self-control. But you should see that fruit more and more and more in your lives. Because that's the goal, right? Is to make us more and more like Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can, that you have given us your spirit to guide us and to make us more and more like you. I pray that you would do that this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand as we close our service. Let's sing number 259, Breathe on Me, Breath of God.
Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You may go in peace.